This is a Watchdog Morning Show Rewind. Here's Howard Monroe. I want to welcome to the show the newly elected chair of the Republican Party in West Virginia, Elgin McCardle. Elgin's been a very active member of the Republican Party locally and across the state for quite a few years, but now takes over the chairmanship. And uh, welcome to the show, Elgin. Good to have you here. Well, thank you for having me, Howard. I, I'm, I'm always intrigued by, I guess, strategy is the right word. How do you do I mean, you guys are in complete control. You've got super majorities in the House. You own all, uh, in, in the legislature, the uh, Board of Public Works. You've got the governor's office. You've got virtually every uh, federal office here in West Virginia except Joe Manchin. I assume you'll take a run at that. But um, I mean, is, isn't, it, isn't it almost more difficult to stay on top than to try to get to top to the top? Uh, it, it, it's always um something that can't be taken for granted for sure uh, i think the minute you get complacent or think take things for granted that's when you start to lose you gotta always uh uh compete like you're running you're you're the last in the last place and in order to keep that first place it's always harder to be on top than it is to uh be on the bottom uh there's a lot of work to do to stay in um the to keep the super majority and i think we uh are certain head, certainly headed that way, and we are absolutely going after that last Senate seat. In uh, the November election, uh, of course, it's a little bit different this year just because we have all the new single-member districts and there are a number of retirements that occurred in the House, the Senate, and so on. Um, but my layman's political look is that there's not a lot of danger to the Republicans in, in this election. I'm sure you'll tell me you don't take anything for granted, and I get that, but um, you still look pretty well poised to continue a supermajority in the legislature, for example. Yes, I, I think we are. Um, we do have a lot of uh, new, some new candidates, uh, and we are certainly going after and trying to keep, excuse me, <clears throat> keep those seats because it's important. It's important to uh, pass legislation. We've got lots of work to do, as you know. The last week with a special session, there were two big items on the ticket that were uh, debated on the floor. And while we do have a supermajority, that doesn't mean that everybody always agrees. So if you want to get it right, you have to take the time, put in the effort, put in the work, the diligence, uh, put those commas and ors and buts where they need to be and <laughs> go forward. So, you know, the, it, there's a lot of things that have come up in the last well, three months, I'd say, the summer's summer session of the Supreme Court certainly has put a lot of um, emphasis and spin on, on things that will be sent back to the states, and you know, the states are going to have to deal with those issues. So, yes, we have those uh, seats, but we want to keep those seats, and we will be tested, I'm sure. I'm sure the Democrats are not going to sit back and just let things ride. So, you know, it, it, but that's, that's the whole process. I mean, and there's what I'd like to see is more civility, but, you know, be that as it may. We'll see how it goes. Well, you and me both. I, 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 I don't know where that comes from. I, I hope that we can see more civility, but it seems to not be the order of the day anymore. The, uh, you know, it, one of the problems, I guess, of a supermajority, and I want to just focus on the House and the Senate for a second, uh, the, the State House and the State Senate. One of the problems is that, it, and it was true of the Democrats when they had almost total control as well, the fighting begins to go become internal as opposed to external. Instead of fighting against the other party, there are a lot of factions in your own party. And 
we are seeing some of that within the Republican Party in Charleston as well, where uh, everybody isn't necessarily in lockstep on any given issue. Maybe that's a good thing, but it, it does create, uh, even though it's a supermajority, there is, there is sort of some faction going on there. Well, there, there's always going to be factions. You know, it would be a really boring world if we all agreed. Um, and, you know, in a family, well, probably the best example or, or comparison is a family. Um, you know, you certainly have, you know, I had children. They all fought. Um, but you know what? Let somebody try to come in and challenge, uh, attack somebody in your family and, and the family unites. So that is uh, – I, I like to use that comparison because I think if you take that comparison over to the legislature – and the Republicans, we all have the same goal, and we're driving towards the same goal. And so, yes, there will be uh, disagreements, and yes, there will be debates, and sometimes heated debates, and that's okay. But what we need to do, I don't care whether you're a Democrat, an independent, or a Republican, you absolutely need to listen. God gave us two ears and one mouth. You need to listen more than you speak, and you need to be open to the other person's position. You know, this this whole mantra of let's just jab it down your throat, and if you don't agree with me, I'm no longer your friend. It's just silly. It's stupid. It's, it's, it's divisive. It's divisive for the Democrats. It's divisive for the Republicans. So I think uh, I would like to, as chair, uh, give a more tone of professionalism um, to, to the whole political arena. Now, I know that's a pie-in-the-sky um, goal. But, <laughs> it's a big you know, dream, yeah. <laughs> it is a big dream, but, you know, here, 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 here's the other example that I'd like to give you. Um, as an attorney, and, and people on the outside looking in, uh, watch attorneys go at it in court, toe-to-toe, argue, and then walk out and have lunch. And, and that's the way it should be. It, this is this is this is not a personal thing. Every person that is sent to the legislature represents constituents. So, personal agendas need to be put aside. The goal needs to be focused on. Um, and I'm a big sports person. You know, my kids all played hockey. Right? That was our sport of choice. But it doesn't matter whether it's hockey, basketball, football. You know. You got to take the in, in football. You got to take the, the ball across the goal line, <clears throat> and the way you do that is you play as a team. You might always always agree, but you got to have the same goals, and you have to work as a team towards the same goals. Yeah, I I, I certainly am with you a thousand percent. Um, people are surprised sometimes to say because I I am a Democrat. I have dozens of Republican friends. I mean, we go out to lunch or we go out to dinner or we whatever and. And sometimes we argue about politics, and sometimes we don't even talk about politics, and sometimes we get furious about politics. And then when we're done, we say, what do you want to eat? Um, <laughs> if we could all be more like that, if we could all be more like that, I think we'd be better off. It's okay to have the disagreements. It's okay to argue. It doesn't mean I have to hate you. Right. Absolutely. I mean, and, and, that's, and that's why I bring the family um, comparison in. You, you, you don't. You, you can't pick your family. You can't pick. As, you know, as a representative in the House or the Senate, you're not going to be able to pick the other district, the other districts, and the other representatives. But you are put with them, and you have to deal with them, and you have to. And that's 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 why it, it's a great thing to debate. I mean, that's why it's designed that way. It's set up that way so that you know everybody brings to the table a different 
life experience or a different family upbringing, and, and those things all blend together to hopefully do what's best for the state. All right, I have to assume your biggest uh, challenge on the horizon, or at least your biggest Im- relatively immediate challenge, is looking ahead to 2024 and the race for Joe Manchin's seat. Uh, no guarantee, I guess, yet that he's going to run for re-election. I'm thinking he probably will. Uh, that's the one seat left that still has a D behind it in our uh, all of our leadership positions. So I have to assume you're targeting that pretty aggressively, or you will target that pretty aggressively? Oh, <laughs> yes. I, I think we, we started with that. We'll keep going with that, and we'll end with that. Uh, yes, it absolutely is um, one of the goals that uh, the party uh, is is aiming for, and it's going to be, you know, I don't think it's, uh, well, it will be a challenge no matter what, um, assuming Senator Manchin runs, but I think Senator Manchin has, in and of himself, shot himself in the foot by the votes that he has cast, when he has cast them, and the principles that are behind the votes or the the bills that he is supporting. Um, There is just um, he, he has created a an atmosphere where he can't be trusted to uh, promote the values and the principles that I believe West Virginia stands for. He, um, I don't say bounce back and forth. I don't want to use that phrase, but uh, there are times in the past couple. <laughs> what's, I don't, I don't, I'm trying to avoid that. But <laughs> there have been times in the past year when I felt Senator Manchin was, and I think right now we're perceiving him to be much closer to his Democratic roots. And then there have been times when the Democratic Party itself has been furious with him as he's wandered away. And sometimes, um, and I know Senator Manchin moderately well, uh, sometimes I wonder exactly what it is he's trying to do or where exactly his his head is at. It's hard for me to, to, to read some read him sometimes. The last couple of years have been really unusual for me. Well, it, it is. Well, and that's, that's what happens. Um, you know, if, if you're crossing the street and you don't know which side you're going to be and you're kind of going back and forth, you're going to get hit. Um, and you're going to suffer injury. And that's what's going on. Um, I think that uh, Senator Manchin needs to stay true to West Virginians because that's who he represents. Um, I think there's a lot of push. I mean, there's there's no question that the swamp in D.C. Sorry, Howard, but, you know, <laughs> we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> but the swamp in D.C. Um, it, it is, is just putting so much pressure on all the Dems. I mean, it's, it, 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 and, and heck, even... Even some Republicans, you know, like our dear McMahon, but that's a whole other topic. Um, the he he he's getting pressure from his the Democratic base, but he doesn't represent the Democratic base. He represents the state of West Virginia. He is a senator for the state of West Virginia, so he needs to represent the citizens of West Virginia. So. As far as your read goes, there is no read because you don't know where he's going to be, and he does go back and forth. He's in the middle of the road running around in circles, 
and trying to please everybody. And you can never please everybody. When you try to please everybody, everybody gets mad at you. And then you're in the no man's land and you're in a little island all by yourself. So when, when you look, just go back to basics and look at the fact that Senator Manchin represents the state of West Virginia, he needs to go back to his constituents. He needs to listen to the calls that are being made. He needs to listen to um, the, the letters that are being written, the op-eds that are being written. Those are the people you represent. So that's who you need to represent, and you need to hold true to those um, uh, desires and principles and values that, that the state of West Virginia clearly um, is right now. It's not your role as chairman to 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 talk about a candidate candidates in primaries, but I am curious if you have thoughts on who some of the contenders for Senator Manchin's seat might be. Again, we both have put the caveat if he runs. Uh, I can think of several, but I'm wondering who you see as some of the strong contenders. Well, I'm not going to say or comment on any strong contenders when there are none yet. So, <laughs> and it and it isn't my job as the uh, chair to right. comment on that. Um, you know, as I said, uh, I think, uh, to um, an individual the other day, that'll sort itself out. Um, and, you know, it, it is it is not my job to uh, stand in the way of anybody who wants to run. But as you know, there will be meetings, there will be discussions. And, and at the end of the day, I think we, as the Republican Party, need to unite behind the strongest candidate. I'll mention a few names, uh, see if you at least shoot anything down. I think, well, I think I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Patrick Morrissey take another shot of that. He came pretty close last time in his run against Manchin. Um, after his defeat of Dave McKinley, after a fairly crushing defeat of Dave McKinley, uh, I see uh, Alex Mooney uh, as an up-and-comer in the, uh, for, for, the, for some election somewhere, and if the, the op-ed he wrote that was in the intelligencer over the weekend to me was almost like a first salvo maybe at a, at a run against Manchin. And although I can't see him being senator, I've had a couple of people suggest to me that Governor Justice would maybe be one person who could beat Joe Manchin because of his popularity. Can't see him being senator, and that's not a criticism, it's just it doesn't match his style. But, I mean, those are three names that come right to my head. You, I, guess, I guess maybe my, my comment on all of those is you do have a bench there that could, could run some pretty good, could run pretty well against Senator Manchin. Well, we, we have a deep bench, um, and there are, there are a number of uh, very strong Republican, um, Republicans who have been involved in, in the party for a while. Um, and, you know, it, we have a very strong board of public works. Uh, we're going to have. It, 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 I think there will be a shuffling of of our our current strength, and we will shuffle and put the pick out the cards that need to be placed in the places they need to be, so <laughs> that we can uh, push our agenda forward for the Republicans. And and you know. Um, we need to pick somebody who's going to represent and be hold true to the values of West Virginia. And certainly, I think uh, Patrick Morrissey, when he ran his Senate uh, campaign against um, Senator, Manch, uh, Senator Manchin, clearly said that over and over and over and over and over in his campaign that he would vote for 
uh, the state of West Virginia and the principals, and that we need to watch uh, Senator Manchin because he is not going to vote for uh, the, the principals of West Virginia. Now, the way that that ended up in, in the timing of the races was that, um, you know, uh, I think the uh, appointment for the Supreme Court, Kavanaugh, I think, in particular, was, was going on. And while Senator Manchin did confirm him, he confirmed him at a time when his vote would not have mattered. So you need to look at the timing um, of the vote. And, and quite frankly, I think um, Senator Manchin's goals of self-promotion and perceived self-preservation at this point are going to be the fall of his um, – will, 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 will be his demise in the 2024 election. Elgin, i got to move on. I appreciate your time this morning. Congratulations on your uh, C-election, election and uh, we'll probably talk, uh, you know, a good bit from time to time, Twix now on the election. So I'm glad to talk to you today. Thanks for joining me this morning. Well, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Uh, all right. Talk to you soon. Elgin McCardle was elected the chair of the Republican Party in West Virginia over the weekend. She beat Dolph Santorine, who she also was in a legal battle with in court, I don't have the exact numbers, but she beat him good. I have the numbers someplace, actually. She beat him She beat him, beat him pretty good, Bob. Uh, I want to say 100 and something to 80. Where are those numbers? Well, I can't find them right now. But she beat Santorine uh, uh, pretty handily in that race. Well, we'll be talking about the weather. And I want to talk to Aaron about, does it seem like we're getting such weird weather lately? We'll talk to Aaron Myler about that coming up in just a bit. And we talk now with the Republican Party chair in West Virginia. Later this morning, the Democratic Party chair, Mike Pushkin, will talk about the special session of the legislature just wrapped up. Coming up, Watchdog Morning Show. Listen to more interviews and rants from the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on Apple Podcasts.